of the National Rugby League. Look, it's time to cross the ditch. There is a lot going on in and around New Zealand sport at the moment. So I thought we'd speak to our great friend Mark Staffy, Stafford, host of SENZ Afternoons, who's kindly given up some of his time this Friday evening. Hello, my friend. Kanga, mate, how you doing? It is jam-packed. Oh, plenty happy. And the beautiful thing about being on the east coast of of Australia is that I drop the kids to school, I come back and I can just plant myself on the couch, Staffy, for, <laughs> for a couple of hours. It'll be an extended first session. Hey, listen, we'll get to the cricket in a moment and the rugby as well, but given that this is officially I'm loving league for a Friday night, let's start with the NRL. You're a man with his ear to the ground. Tell me this. Season 2024 is upon us. A couple of games in Vegas. Has it got a lot of traction over there in Auckland? Have you been caught up with the excitement as much as we have over here? Not so much about Vegas. Yeah. Um, it's very it's very warrior centric over here as you as a, it's the momentum from last year and as soon as the season finished everyone's just been frothing for this season. I mean ratings wise um, the NRL was the highest ever in New Zealand. The highest NRL ratings on TV last year and great time for us the the Vegas games but um, it, it's quite well, it's one eyed in, in the in the support here. There is general general interest but Everyone's just counting down for the Warriors round one on Friday next week. I, I wouldn't be against. I wouldn't be against taking the Warriors there at, at some point over the next five years, and I believe that they will rotate the teams. You know, it's interesting, and Volandis, he's a big vision kind of administrator. He's been talking up the rivers of gold, potential rivers of gold that an annual Vegas trip could yield down the track. And growth, of course, Daffy means expansion. He spoke the other day of the logic of a second New Zealand team. So for you, two-part question. Can New Zealand sustain a second NRL team? And if so, would it be in Auckland, which seems to be the heartbeat of rugby league in New Zealand, or would you entertain Wellington or perhaps a, like a Christchurch or South Island side? I think, gosh, big, big question. Um, I think Christchurch are probably best uh, placed at the moment. They have commercial partners in place. They have a stadium that will be finished uh, end of this year, which is going to be one of the best stadiums in New Zealand. They are incredibly parochial, the people of Christchurch. Just absolutely get behind their teams. The local derby. The, the general feeling is that um, if, if, we, if we go a bit deeper, we don't think another New Zealand franchise will happen in this round. Maybe the next round, like if it's 27 or 28, I think that's probably more likely. Yeah. Personnel, playing personnel-wise, I mean, this is the deepest Warriors squad we've got, and we've got a lot of good 19, 20-year-olds. Our reserve grade and, and our age group teams are going to go quite well this year, so they could possibly get picked up by a second team down in Christchurch, but league is growing. Rugby is diminishing here in playing numbers quite, quite markedly. The only thing that's keeping rugby player registrations up is quite a boom in women's rugby here mm. but men's rugby numbers are down rugby league numbers are up and I guess that's a good thing to say on your rugby league show and just quickly too <laughs> yes. I've got I've got it on reasonable reasonable authority I'd go about 80 percent that the Warriors will be in Vegas next year okay yeah that doesn't surprise me and there's a big expat community there as well and big Pacifica community on top of that. Huge, yeah. You, you know, I saw a headline in the New Zealand Herald staff, I'm sure you saw it, and it read, a cashed-up NRL and its ambitious leader represents a dangerous challenge for New Zealand rugby. How true is that statement? True. Yeah. 
True. Um, right, the, the All Blacks get paid well, okay? So there's, there's no doubt the All Blacks get paid well. If we talk, we, we know about the contracts in the NRL, and there's a lot of teams. Um, the, the level below the All Blacks, so just so you people know, an All Black will get paid a fee for being an All Black, then he'll get some for being a super rugby player, and if he plays pays the NPC, he'll get a bit there. So your very top All Blacks aren't getting a million dollars, um, but the super rugby players that aren't All Blacks are around the 150 mark. So it's it's not ba- it's pretty good shopping. You know, you go into a discount store for some pretty good cattle if if the league scouts go to rugby, which is why we're seeing a lot. You know, we're, we're hearing all the time 15 year olds being signed to NRL clubs, getting their school fees paid, yeah. transports of families, all that sort of thing. Rugby here just doesn't have the money to do that. That's interesting. As for your Warriors, do your triforms impressed? And, and I look at, you know, you go through the teams, don't you, at the start of a season, you look at gains and losses. There's not a lot of movement there at your side. I mean, Josh Curran aside, that you've got the core of your team from last year. You've got Harris Tavita coming back and, of course, a, a handy bloke by the name of Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who is a, an absolute needle mover. Look, I know it's early days. But I have no reason to believe, Staffy, that Andrew Webster is going to suffer from second-year syndrome. You think he's going to? No, I don't think he is. I know some oh, people are saying, okay, oh, yeah. how can they top that, you know, last year and riding on a wave of emotion? You know, he's he's a clinical coach. He is. I, I actually spent, it was either Monday or Tuesday, after my show, I went straight out to Mount Smart and they had a media day and the whole team was there. And I chatted, I did interviews with about nine of them and I chatted to about four or five others. And um, the chat I had with Sean Johnson was quite revealing to me because I've chatted to him at the start of every season he's played for the Warriors and you will notice he'll do no media for the rest of the year. That's it. He's done. Mm. He'll do the odd stand-up media but he says he plays the best when he just plays rugby, gets away for it, but plays league, gets away for it, plays league. But talking to Torhu, I talked to Dallin, Rocco Berry sort of had a bit of imposter syndrome his first two years. Yeah, yeah. He feels he belongs now. Yeah. And everybody, everybody has said what Roger has brought to the team, even before a game's played, is incredible. He is, he's just, I feel like they'll be 10% better this year. And, and Kurt Capel had a quick chat to him. What a tremendous bloke he is as yeah. well. And he's, he, he was something that we had missing last year, if there was such a thing. So we haven't, we haven't weakened at all. Yeah, Capewell's a great acquisition. You know, the good, hardened, experienced edge edge player that knows what it takes to win. Yeah. RTS, you know, that, that could be the difference. So who are you you're liking to get the jump at six? I know you've got plenty of depth there. I'm a Metcalf fan, I've got to say, Staffy. Yep, I think Metcalf, he's another one I spoke to. And um, the thing that got him in trouble a little bit last year was he he was a bit flighty and he took to, took it on himself too often. Um, but he's been told he is a dual he is a dual playmaker. I don't think his role was properly defined. I think Tamari Martin is a good, solid, make no mistake sort of guy. But I feel like if Tamari Martin's on the field, surely you'll get double teamed. If Luke Metcalf's on the field, it's sort of going to be you're going to have to watch both of them. Rogers got a roving commission right from the get go. He'll yeah. pop up all over the place. Uh, but Andrew Webster made absolutely no bones that. Roger is their third choice fullback. He wants him to be centre and he's going to keep him at centre unless tragedy struck in the injury department. Just an update in the Super Rugby. Highlanders 10 leading the Blues 8, 26 minutes gone. Uh, this was interesting. So all the watch 
for us here anyway. Crusaders will be Waratahs tomorrow night, Staffy. Rob Penny, no doubt, have a bit of added motivation. Had a bit of sympathy for current task coach Darren Coleman in the sense that it's, you know, he knows what it's like to be the coach of the New South Wales side and be under enormous pressure. The thing about it is Crusaders don't make poor appointments. Perhaps he's right when he said New South Wales have it all wrong. Yeah, the Crusaders, there's something there's something weird down there. And, I, and I'm friends with a couple of former Crusaders, and I said, what's the magic down there? And he... I'm thinking about one particular guy, and he's pl he's played for the Hurricanes, he's played for the Crusaders, he's played in France and the UK, but he said the Crusaders' mystique is just gives you a little bit, like a 5% more pressure because of the legacy they've got, and they never want to let that legacy go. They never want to let the greats uh, be let down. There's a big, long tunnel from um, their dressing room onto the field. It's like a temporary prefab type situation but the entire length of the tunnel is full of centurions and all of that and all of the players every game are told when you run out look those players in the eye and and they become bulletproof they it's i don't like them but man i admire them <laughs> <laughs> Boo. don't win too much share it around for heaven's sake yeah. do you, you know you mentioned there, you know, that, that ground, you talked about the new ground built at Christchurch. you got some pretty grounds in your country, but the Basin Reserve, that, that is a gorgeous cricket ground, and it looks even better when it's packed. And I'll tell you what, even though it didn't go New Zealand's way, it's a pretty eventful day too, wasn't it? Oh, just incredible. I was I was playing golf today, Jules, mm. so thank goodness for Test Cricket, I could have the day off and go and play golf. And uh, just before I teed off... Uh, we were um, five without loss. I went and paid my green fee and picked up the cart, got in the cart, and we're 13 for three. Yes. Like, it was like over, over in a flash, and we're like, <laughs> oh, my God. But the, the real story here, I know, I know that Aussie is definitely on top, but the, the retirement, the forced retirement of Neil Wagner has shocked sports fans in New Zealand when they picked Scott Kugeline, who's, the same pace, no intimidation, and Neil Wagner plays with busted toes, busted hands, broken fingers, never stops trying. He deserves another test. And it is the greatest test cricket nation, uh, ground in New Zealand. Yeah. Fantastic for his kind of bowling, and that was the big story of, of this test, that he's not there. And I don't know if you saw the ovation he got when he went on for two overs. It, to, it's weird, to isn't the, it? Uh, man. The announcement yeah. was, oh, you know, Neil Wagner's retiring from Test Match Cricket, and we were exchanging messages, and what a great servant. Isn't it strange that somebody's retired and still jumps on the field to be a substitute fielder? I thought that was very odd. But, you know, as an Australian fan, obviously, I'm glad he didn't play. But there are times in that innings, and particularly... You know, a 116-run 10-week partnership, which which really shouldn't happen. They they started to look flustered a little bit, the Black Caps, and I thought to myself, gee, uh, you know, a bullocking left armour would have been really, really handy to have in the here and now. Yeah, the thing about the thing about Australian cricket and New Zealand cricket is, and I feel like oh, like the devil saying this, you guys beat us before we even crossed the boundary line. There is a massive mental block for New Zealand cricket teams playing Australia. And I've often said, you know, we could be number one ranked ODI team in the world and Australia eight, and on a terrible run, Aussie would beat us. They know they can beat us, they will beat us, and we know we can't beat Aussie. And I don't know how we're ever going to get over this. We just, 
we just can't beat you, and it does my head in. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, you had us on the ropes, and then Green, you know, Australia's been waiting for this innings because he's in a, a generational talent. He finally gets to bat number four, where he's always wanted to bat, and where he averages 60 in first-class cricket. I mean, that was a knock for the ages. It was so mature to, to bat with a tail, and as we said, to put on 116 with Hazel. But then... Like you said, you paid your green freeze, you got the three, and you know one of them's a comical run out of, of Kane Williamson, and you know sometimes it just points to you not being your day. You had a handy little counter there from Glenn Phillips, and then you know a couple of wickets, and, and I'm glad Southie got him because he needed that, I think, for his confidence this match. But what's the lead now? Two oh seven. You know, the, I can't see them chasing three fifty here. I can't see us chasing two hundred um, okay. unless unless that injury to Nathan Lyon's worse than what it potentially could be. He looks in a world of pain at the end of the day today, and he's he's the trump card on, uh, dare I say, day four. Can I say, will we make it to day four? But uh, well, let's just say yeah. the fourth innings. Nathan, yeah. Nathan Lyon's going to be key. Mm. Yeah, well, he got the forward in. He went for a bit. But uh, just uh, before we let you go, Staffy, you talked about Neil Wagner. You know, the Cougar line selection... Was the, the controversy there, obviously, because Wagner's a bit of a crowd favourite, but, you know, we know a bit about his history, his Cougar line. Does that still sort of come up every time he gets picked for New Zealand? Does it still make some people feel a bit uncomfortable, his selection? Makes me uncomfortable, Yeah, uh, Kinga. Makes me very uncomfortable. Um, it was followed very closely over here. And um, when he first made his first New Zealand team after that incident... There were many, many, many protesters outside the ground. Um, some signs made it into the ground and they were kicked out. Um, and then it's been quite a while between drinks for him before playing again. And, um, yeah, it doesn't sit comfortably um, with most people. And you won't see too many celebrations when he takes a wicket, I think, from the New Zealand fans because it's, it's just like that stone in the shoe. It just For me, it just shouldn't be there. All right, mate. Generous as always with your time. Appreciate you giving it up tonight on Friday. Uh, good luck to your boys, but not too much luck on day three. Yeah, we'll clean sweep and not be in the rugby, <laughs> so you know that'll keep us happy. Yeah, we got Smith. You got Smithy cheaply anyway. Now people will say he can't open the batting, and on and on it goes. All <laughs> right, without Smithy opening, you don't have green at four. Up well, the that's true. We got Marnus as well. Up the <laughs> Thank you, my friend. See you, boy.